0: Well, Van is uh obviously a great coach. You gotta do it with supreme focus, right?
1: With razor sharp focus. Breathe what he's breathing.
0: But he's a better, a better person.
1: Biggest thing you gave me was time. You didn't really know me. We were from the same neighborhood and area, but I was with a group of guys that wanted to go to college, wanted to play ball, and you actually gave us that reality that, hey, this could actually happen because we saw somebody that was like us and that we wanted to become.
0: Only <laughs> After the master. Master. Recruiting is about relationships. It's built on trust. It's built on doing the right things. And it's built on your head coaches and your athletic direct director, their vision. And I think we have two great leaders, both of those positions. So it makes it easy for me to go out and, and do what I do. Be aggressive, that's win. Here we go. Once again, I'm excited to have a great leader in the world of sports on Leaders Lead with Van Malone. On this podcast, we've had coaches and administrators from across the country on all levels and in many different sports. We've enjoyed the great insight that we continue to share on this podcast. It's been a remarkable experience for me, honestly. We've had the chance to share with conference commissioners, athletic directors, head coaches, and we've even had a Super Bowl champion NFL coach grace our podcast. But tonight, our guest E.K. Franks has had a terrific career as an administrator. He's held some positions in some of the top athletic departments across the country. He's been in Florida, Kentucky, Troy, Kansas State. He's now the Senior Associate AD for student, athletic service, student Athlete Services at Southern Miss University. EK, man, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you for taking the time to share your wisdom and your insight with us.
1: Wow, thank you for having me. This is a great honor.
0: You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll jump right in. You know, it's funny, sometimes I, as a coach, uh, think about it but but I want to know what what you think as well, but it 's funny when we think about how we have found ourselves in a place that we never thought we 'd be, like for example, in my wildest dreams as a student athlete, I never thought I would have coached at Mississippi State University. Now, when we think about your path it 's unique, and, and I really i can 't wait to get into it so So talk to us about your journey from being a strength coach to now a senior associate of AD?
1: Well, it's, it's mine's, I guess, I would have to go back and start. I was a high school strength coach and coach in Oklahoma City. Uh, and I had, Wes, had the pleasure of having Wes Walker as one of my players. And Greg Peterson was at Kansas State, actually, at the time. as a receivers coach, and he was recruiting him. And we just became friends. You know, as coaches come in, you gravitate and things like that, and we just kind of became friends. And he went back and told the strength coach at Kansas State, hey, I got this strength coach that you need to look at. Mm. Well, the strength coach at Kansas State at the time had coached against me in high school. He was at Mulvane High School, and I went to Wellington High School okay and so he knew me and at the same time bill self was trying to get me to come to illinois as a basketball strength coach so i was kind of going okay k-state football illinois basketball of course ended up going to kansas state uh started off as a strength coach there knew i wanted to coach i was because i was coaching high school and then the strength coach there But knew i wanted to coach Uh, talked to Coach Snyder, he put me in academics because he was like, look, one, we need a minority in academics, but also, you know, when they're not studying, you can be over here. You know, you can sit in meetings, you can just kind of help out, learn things, so I was doing that and got my master's degree while I was at Kansas State, working in academics, um, became minority relations there, and then – Manny Matzakis had the Texas State job, and their D-line coach left. And Coach Snyder kind of called him up and said, look, I got a guy, he's never coached D-line, but he was a wrestler in college. He played DB in college. He's, he's a coach. He's an athlete. He can, he can get it done. And Manny trusted him, and, you know, that kind of ch- changed my career. Right go there. Ahead. So, you know, I went we went to Texas State. Ron Roberts was the defensive coordinator. We we literally I pulled into town, he came to the hotel and we started talking D-line play. <laughs> so through that time, Brett Bilma leaves Kansas State to go be the defensive coordinator in Wisconsin. And he like he can't come with me. We've been boys at Kansas State. He was like, I need you to come with me. I was like, all right. So I went to Wisconsin as a GA. <laughs> was was working with safeties, had the pleasure of having Jimmy Leonard as a safety there. Mm. Um, you know, and just basically two years, we had one of the top, some of the top defenses. And, you know, I was just in that coaching world at that time. Um, you know, Brett gets the head job, different guys come in he kind of wanted me to move to the dfo type deal i didn't want to you know back then you know you think you know it all and right. uh i was like well heck i'm gonna go sell pharmaceuticals for a while you know at that time a little older when i could i had coached high school so i was yeah. like i can't really back up start right. over so once did pharmaceutical sales and back in oklahoma city where all my contacts and stuff were uh End up doing that, get my series six, doing investments, insurance. I mean, I was you, kind you of the jack-of-all know. trade there. Kind right. of, I was out of coaching, searching for what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but everything I wanted to do was connected with athletics. Right. And Shane Zinger, who was the AD at Illinois State at the time, who was an okay stater, and ended up being the AD at KU. He had always been on me, you know, like, look, you, you are an administrator, you know, because his path was kind of similar. You know, he started off coaching, moved over to administration. So he's always like your personality, the things you like, the passion you have to help young people, you need to be an administrator. Mm. So literally, Ron Roberts is the head coach at Delta State. And I happened to call him. I do presentations for people, you know. You know, when people interview for head jobs, somebody builds their presentations. Right. So I had been doing that even when I was as a strength coach at K State. I was that little computer nerd that would do things like that for everybody. Mm -hmm. So a buddy of mine called and was going to interview for a job. I said, "Well, I don't have that stuff no more. It's been packed up." (laughs) (laughs) So I called Ron Roberts. I knew he would have it. And he was sitting there actually with his the defensive coordinator he had just hired, Pete Golden. And they were going, He like, look, I need a strength coach and a D-line coach. And come on, I need you to do it. And literally, I was one hour in a drive of 16 hours moving my office from Scottsdale, Arizona, back to Kansas. That's and funny. I'm going, oh, my God, am I going to take this pay cut? Because I was, I was living a good bachelor life. <laughs> making good money living out there. And I'm like, am I going to take this pay cut to go coach Division II football and live in Cleveland, Mississippi? (laughs) Yeah. Which is shock. Like, I visited one time and said, I'm never going to live here. (laughs) Right. So, needless to say, I tell people God made that choice. I took a significant pay cut, um, pulled into Delta State, doing my paperwork. This pretty young lady walks by. That was the cheer coach. You know, six seven years later, we (laughs) we were married. You know, I made that move. And you know, the AD there at the time was Jerry McLean, who brought me here, who brought me to Troy, then brought me here. And I tell people, you know, my journey is unique because I've done, I've been a strength coach, I've been an academic counselor. I've dealt with, I've been a DFO, (laughs) right? you know, so getting to Delta state was, that was good from Delta state, you know, we go to Southeastern Louisiana. I'm now, I moved from D line to the associate head coach running backs, you know? Um, So now I was on both sides of the ball, which prepared me a lot as a coach and as a person Um, leave there. Brett has the Arkansas job. They're looking for a uh, director of recruiting. And Michael Smith was there. And we were all together at Kansas State. Right. So, Smitty was like, hey, Brett, what about EK? And they they were debating if I would leave the field, all that type of stuff. And, you know, for me, it was like, let's get in this SEC and see what it's about. Mm -hmm. Everybody's talking about it. Let's go see. Right. And so, went to Arkansas. Literally, uh, in charge of recruiting, it was different. You know, now you're not coaching. You still got that itch in you. But you're building, you're evaluating all day. And I love recruiting. The one thing about coaching, I always love recruiting. I love building those relationships. Right. I love helping young men. You know, I tell people, you know, when I was growing up, my grandma and grandfather raised me. And didn't have much, didn't come from much. But to see the look on my grandmother's face when I got a full scholarship and just changed her life and the relief she had on her face, I, 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 re- I remember it like it was yesterday. And that was when I got recruiting. That's how I looked at things is you, you're trying to help a young man change his life, change his family's life. And so got recruiting there. Uh, things were good, kind of got caught up with injuries and things like that. Brett gets let go. Uh, at the time, Dan Mullen was going to Florida. He had called um, Brett looking for recruiting guys, and Brett was like, look, you get EK, you get two, you know. Uh, my wife was just as much involved in recruiting as I was, as as we all know in this world. Um, your spouse better be understand that world of it. Uh, so went there was sitting there I knew Mark Stoops was trying to create a position to get me to come to Kentucky so it was kind of interesting you know I was going to Florida but I knew Mark was trying to get me you know it was a good fit going to be a good situation Uh, it's kind of ironic Michael Smith was there you know so and Mark and and Mark Stoops and Brett are close, close friends. So I, I was in that comfort zone. So Mark kind of stole me away from Florida, you know, uh, got there. Recruiting was good. We, you know, that's the year we beat Penn State in the bowl game. Mark had 10 wins that year. It was a great year at Kentucky in charge of recruiting there. Uh, still in the SEC, but now was on the East. So it was, it was it was unique, different than the West. Um, and then Jeremy McClain called, you know, I was, it was funny. I was getting courted by a few teams to kind of come take over recruiting outside of the SEC. And Jeremy called me and said, look, we're hiring a new coach, Chip Lindsey. Well, have you ever thought about come be the DFO? Let's make an assistant AD a football title. Let's start getting you towards the administration side. Uh, We prayed, talked about it, me and the wife, and, you know, that was – I knew I wanted to be an administrator. Like, when we left Delta State in 2012 to go to southeastern Louisiana, Jeremy McClain was trying to figure out a way to get me on the administration side at that time. You know, so, so since 2012, we had been talking about it. And now it's 2019, and he's like, look, I got a chance. It's a code. It was a co position. Come, come help me out. So, I took that, went to Troy, literally got there at the end of January. You know how this world is. Bought my house in March. April, Jeremy walks in and says, I'm Where's going it? to Southern Miss. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> wait, <swear>, Rewind that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's how
1: this world works. And so and it was a blessing, though, because it fast-forwarded everything. You know, if we would have been at Troy, it was going to be a process to move me over to an administrator because there was already positions full and things like that. Coming here, he got to restructure some things and and got me here as a, an executive senior AD. Um, like I said, he he basically kind of designed the job knowing my background. Right. You know, he know my passion for student-athletes, you know, Um uh, So right now, almost everything that touches a student-athlete other than academics, I oversee. So I'm student-athlete development, um, life skills. We all know that kind of position, which nowadays is is humongous now.
0: It is. Uh, It is.
1: Over the SAC program here as well, I'm a sports administrator for football. I oversee athletic training, oversee strength training, oversee equipment. You know, so right. it's it's things that touch the student athletes. Right. That he he wanted me to be involved in. And
0: I know you you um uh, man that that is a fantastic journey. <laughs> and like I said, I knew I knew I knew some of this, but I just didn't know exactly how it fit together. And it, it's very unique. But but at the end of the day, really the the thing that touched me most about what you're saying is at the end of the day, you circle back. You may be in administration, (laughs) but you still, you circle back and it's about the kids. You know, I, in my role here, and I, in my role here as assistant head coach, when, as a coach, this is me talking, man, I, I never saw the big picture as an assistant coach. I saw my position and everything revolved around my position. But you know, when you get, into this seat that I have been blessed to be in, you get to see what the head coach sees. You get to see that the head coach is in charge of many positions. And then for you as an administrator, you get to affect different teams. You get to affect different position groups. And so your passion, like you talked about your passion for relationships, man, you get to live it every day. Right. You get delivered every day. But, you know, this is my next question yeah. going into it. Actually, we lead right to it because because as a player, <laughs> you hear the yell of the crowd. And, and as a coach, you see that light bulb go off in the player's head. You know, either is on the field, you know, he gets a certain coverage or a certain play. Uh, but as an administrator, what is game day for you? You know where does that thrill for you come from that you had as a coach and as a player? Where does your thrill come from today?
1: Well, we it's still about the success of the team Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, the team success here in all sports Mm -hmm. makes the university propel, puts us on that spotlight, lets the athletic department take a jump. So for me. It's funny, cause I was wondering that when it was gonna happen too. Like I kept, I kept going, okay, hold on. And it was more when I went from being a coach to being in charge of recruiting. It was, it was like, okay, where, where's my game day fire? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and it was different. Now recruiting became because you rooted for the kids you recruited, mm-hmm. that you built those great relationships with. So that actually prepared me, I think, for the position I am now. Because I didn't just go straight from coaching to administrator. Right. I got to go from coaching to recruiting
0: right.
1: to an administrator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now as an administrator, it's funny, you, you, are, you still have the rush of, of, of the wins and, and, and the, the defeats that you deal with mentally. But now you, you're you evaluating, like literally game day you're watching. I'm watching how the sidelines working, how the coaches treating the kids, how the coaches talking to the kids, right. how the kids reacting. Is there yeah. a kid that I might need to, you know, that might need to come by my office and just talk, mm-hmm. you know, and doing student athlete development, you build relationship with the kids right. as well. So seeing that. But then the other part of that too is now you got to go up and walk the suites and shake hands Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) and build relationships that affect the future of your program. So I
0: think, excuse me, I'm sorry. And I think that sometimes coaches being a former coach, there's difficulty in that. You yes. know, there's difficulty, yes. and it's easy to deal with the kids. Yes. and so now you being in your role, all of a sudden you have to make that transition and understand that in your job that is as important as dealing with the kids. Yes, know? it
1: is. Yes, it is, and and it's good because for me, I get to help coaches, right, in that transition too. Like, coach, take care of the field when we when we gotta go out on the road. In April and May to raise some fundraising, we can talk about it. All right, coach, here here's what you need to build to probably go do. Here's some guys you need to meet. Here's some right. key points to this person already. Right. You know. So that's how I get to help coaches understand that. And really it's it's interesting now that I'm in my role, I probably do more consulting with young coaches than right. a lot of things I do because right. When I got into, got off the field and got back into this, I tell people, God put me here to help young people. That's right. Whether that's the athletes, whether that's coaches, whether that's, you know, other people, it's God put me here to help people. Right. And it's been interesting because I don't want them to make the mistakes I, I made. hmm Right. I, I just tell them, I said, look, if you just learn from my mistakes, because I didn't have nobody telling me save money, invest money. You know, I had to kind of, you know, I was blessed to coach at a private school when I was in Oklahoma City, and I asked a lot of questions. Right? <laughs> I, remember, I was around a lot of millionaires. I started asking questions. You know, How did you I didn't become it? a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <We're> not- so... <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, man, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's really cool as it's been throughout this podcast to hear, you know, from, to hear from, from a leader like yourself to, to see again, to see how all the, how all the relationships, how they connect. But like you said earlier, it's not just about the kids. It's about the donors. It's about the fan base. It's about developing young coaches. You yep. know, yes. uh, and, and so I, I think that's that's big time. So now, n- next, next place we, we tw- 2020, and I know, yes, we are in 21, right. but 2020, man, covet, polity, <laughs> <laughs> politics, uh, <laughs> racial discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've there's been things across the spe- spectrum, right. Different adversities that that you, especially in your role, have had to deal with. So the question that I've been asking, uh, and that we we deal with today here, is how do you think the challenges of creating meaningful, and I'm gonna say meaningful, social justice initiatives? Because you know sometimes as a society we are um, we are trendy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and for this moment, we do something and then boom, it's over in, in, in five seconds and we move on to the next moment. So, so talking about meaningful social, social justice initiatives and the protocols of COVID, how have those things made you a better leader?
1: Well, one of the main things we did here is we had a townhouse meeting with our student athletes. And as you know, through an athletic department, it's a broad range. Yeah. And it was in it, I learned so much in that town hall meeting. We had people from different countries that that play different sports to our people from Mississippi Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to people from California, all on this podcast. And just to hear, we had a young lady say, in my country, we do not have blacks. So it's been hard for me to explain to my family About what's going on over here and I just sat back and went wow I felt like we've done her a disservice so for me backing up and I I go back to the old analogy and I get coach Snyder you know about toothpaste and brushing your teeth and it's how detailed can you be when you describe to somebody about brushing your teeth (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, I had to relook at being a leader about how detailed you have to be." That I didn't know that lady, young lady, where she came from, didn't have minorities, right? You know, so I had to step back and say, "Okay, you got to think about all these scenarios now." And so I felt like it made me better. I got even more detailed. I even had, you know, building different relationships. You know, let's be real. You, you understand something better when you become – when you coach it to somebody. That's right. So talking to different cultures, one, learning about their culture, but talking to them more about what's happening over here made you start looking at things differently. Because right. as an administrator, you, you got to look at the whole big picture as you know, now sitting in the seat that you sit in, is you can't just look at this no more. Now you got to look at all this. Right. (laughs) And figure out every decision affects something all the way around you. And so that's what this has done. You know, I tell people I got a crash course into administration. You know, like you said, the social injustices, COVID, but we also had to hire a football coach in the middle of it. Yeah, And had interims that, because the FCS got pushed, hired an interim away. So had, you know, three different coaches, and technically hired our coach before the year was over, had four different head football coaches in one year. Yes. You know, but what's that trauma doing to those kids? Exactly. I spent more time counseling young men through this whole process because they were dealing with the racial stuff they were dealing with covid and they were dealing with coaches leaving yeah so my leadership skills got fat got good real quick <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: you either had to pass or fail in that moment and, and i think you know i, I think that when I think about what happened here is the same thing. Cause honestly, uh, coach climbing came to me and said, Hey, I want to promote you to assistant head coach. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's go. We got to go to a meeting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and that meeting was one where we detailed, where we laid out our reaction to what was going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like you said, it was a crash course. And actually, you know when you think of it as as being on a treadmill, it hadn't stopped. you know what at i mean at all uh yes at, at all so so I would ask you, you think about your younger self, what advice would you give to your younger self today, if your younger self was just starting out in athletics what, what advice would you give
1: <laughs> if it, I laugh uh because I, I tell myself all the time, if I knew what I knew now, to go back. <laughs> right. right, I would tell my younger self this, and I talk to young, mostly young men about it, young people, but mostly young men about it. Do not let pride get in your way. I feel us as men sometimes let pride get in our way. You know, we want, we, want, we see something we want it right then and there, but we don't understand there's a lot of steps to get there.
0: Yes. And
1: those steps are developing you in different ways for an outcome that you might not even see. Right. So enjoy that journey and learn from that journey as you go. Right. You know, don't let your pride get in your way on things. Right. So that's that's the number one thing I would tell the okay. younger. Okay. E. Franks. <laughs> and and
0: it's funny you, you bring that up and, and it makes me think about something in my life where um, you know, coaches, we you either fired or you're gonna be fired. Uh and and so um one time I was fired and you know what I said, you know, you talked about being a, a believer, being you know, that your faith being important to you. And I remember having this discussion with God, I guess and i said you know i do the right things i'm a good person i try to i try to do the right things as a coach why would this happen to me you know <laughs> but really soon after that i started to realize kind of what you just said that man it's it's not it's not about you at this moment it's about a bigger plan that you can't even see you know and and as i go through that process and i start to realize okay It's not about me. Let me just figure out what this path is. Whatever this path is, let me just figure out how to walk it the best way I can. No matter what the path is, walk it the best way I can. Stop saying that I shouldn't be walking on this road, but let me walk this road the best I can. And when I started to do that, just like you would tell your younger self, when I started to do that, things changed, you know, yep. things changed. And as I look back on that moment in my life, man, I, I can, I just have to smile because it was at, at the time that I started to change my vision, my view of it all, that um, my perspective, that things really, they got better. So we've had some awesome leaders on, on this podcast and we've changed, exchanged ideas about the best strategies to provide leadership. And you know, they always point back to someone who has helped them learn the fine art of leading people. Mm-hmm. In your life, who has been, if there are multiple people, but who has been the best leader you've been around and what sort of things have they, have they taught you?
1: Well, I've been blessed to be around whew, a lot of leaders a lot of good leaders and I I truly believe my grandmother used to tell me something when I was growing up, you're going to always learn something from everyone. Mm. Whether it's what to do or what not to do. Right. So I, uh, I tell people, you know, some, one of the best persons I've been around that I learned detail just sit back and watch was Coach Snyder, Bill Snyder. Mm -hmm. I would watch him at the time, you know, my first year, I was a strength coach. right? So I went from high school coaching to be a strength coach. So I got just to watch and learn a lot while practice was going, while football practice was going on. And he walked around with his tape recorder. And he would talk into this tape recorder. And I would watch him. And, you know, I'm friends with a bunch of the coaches. And by the time they would eat dinner and come back, he would have notes on a legal pad for each one of them. Right. And it would be stuff like Darren Sproles stepped with the wrong foot in this drill. Make sure when when you're talking in this drill to stand at this point in the drill. Hmm. The detail, <laughs> as he was developing coaches and developing players, I learned I like okay, you gotta be detailed in this business, and so that was that was kind of from him. Um, when I worked under Ron Roberts, you know, Ron made us develop as coaches as well but now when we got to the off season, it was about everybody doing presentations and you might not know what you're going to be asked to come present on wow because his deal was in the offseason especially at we were at d2 at the time your ga's coach hmm. you know d2 was different you didn't have all the luck so your ga's coach so when you were developing GAs, but two, he was developing us to listen to the offensive line coach present, right. to listen to the, the D-line coach, the DB coach, the coordinator, because in his theory was he wanted all coordinators in the room. He didn't want just one idea. So what I learned there was develop your coaches still, detail, but also make sure there's other leaders in the room. That it's not all on, yeah, is it the coordinator? Yes. But it's got to be multiple ideals. And it goes back to the old theory, it takes a village. Right. You know, it takes a village to win. <laughs> yeah. And so those those two on the, the football side, uh, you know, Brett Bilma, I learned, you know, he wouldn't – he would have a suggestion box outside his office. You know, and I laughed because I was like, why is that? And he's going, because I'm a people person. Walk in, hey, this is what I think, da, 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 what you think about. Right. <laughs> and he says, EK, let's say I just got off a rough phone call, and you walk in with the best idea, and I missed it because my mind was on something else. Yeah. He said, if you put that phone call in that basket. And at the end of the day or early in the morning when I'm going through my ideas, I'm in a good place to accept things like that. So that was, you know, that was huge for me with that. Like, cause you're right. We don't, people, people don't know what mood we're in when they come up to us. Right. And so that was that. Now on the administrator side, it's been interesting. i said earlier, Shane Zinger, You know, he's always been a mentor and and how history, he's been an advisor about being patient, about taking steps enjoying the ride. Like he's he's helped me with that. But my current AD, Jeremy McClain, has been real instrumental in me because football, wrestling, you make quick decisions. It's all reaction. Yes. That's what we're taught. Jeremy is a baseball player and he was a pitcher. And in baseball, they know where they're going with the going with the ball before it's hit to them. They've already thought about every scenario. And they know, okay, the ball's hit to me, I'm going here with it. So what I've learned from him as watching him be an AD is he's not going to rush a decision. He's going to think about every different type of scenario before he makes a decision. And that has helped me so much to step back instead of being so much in a hurry to make a decision to add a little patience, understand, okay, What are your consequences? Same thing we used to tell our players (laughs) before they make a decision. But as adults, we really didn't do it. We, somebody Uh, asked you (laughs) questions. But to me, that's been one of the biggest things for me now. So I laughed, you know, that's four or five people. But those are four or five people I've, I've took some, some big things from, you know, that, that has changed my life. Right. You know, so. Yeah,
0: well, I, I think that you know having having that number of of leaders who have influenced you, I think that's that's big time because you know again you you've gotten them from different from different realms of athletics, but still, uh, and and it's it's so I don't even I, it's been really cool. I said it at the start to to be on here with different leaders. And, you know, you, you hear the same messages, but I've had the opportunity hearing, to be able to hear them said in a different way, to yep. be able to touch a different person because it's coming with a different, a, a slightly different perspective. And I think, you know, that's kind of what you've had a chance to experience. So let's talk about um, the opportunity to choose the right people, right? Choosing the right people on the bus is what, you know, I, I refer to it. And coaches, we talk about that all the time. Uh, you, you have to choose the right people to be on the bus with you. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is a lead, that, that leads into success. So I'm asking you, when you hire a new coach or a new staff member, how do you, how do you look to identify who be the best addition to your staff?
1: So it's interesting. It's just like coaching. You know your room. Hmm. You know what you need in your room. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, and sometimes it's not the best player at that time out there. It's it might be a different attitude.
0: Right.
1: It might be a different skill set. You know, it's the same time it's the same thing to me when you're hiring, like when we went through hiring a football coach this year. When we when I when I look at building a team it's the same concept. I'm like, okay, when, and it's, and it's funny because me, I, I picked Jeremy's mind on stuff like this because I look at it from a coaching side and he said, well, what's the difference? You know, you're building a team through an athletic department and you got to know where your weak links are. You got to know where your strong links are and you got to know what the skill sets of each of them. So when I'm looking to to bring somebody new in or we're looking for a situation. I I step back and look at what we need first. Mm. So then as we build what we need, I'm writing down things that we're looking for that we need at that time. So then when we start interviewing and you start talking to people, you're asking those type of questions, right. you know, Cause, right. cause, let's be real. If you're in, if somebody's interviewing, and you let them talk, I look at it as they're in control of the interview when they're talking. Yeah. But you you find out a lot of things about them. Exactly. You know, because most of the time they're talking about the things that they value most. Right. You know, <laughs> so you you can build an opinion of somebody, and evaluation of people, just by listening to them talk. Exactly. So then you come over and you ask certain questions. Yes. And that's to me you build it just like when coaches build their room, you're building a staff the same way. It's just a bigger scale. You know, and then you got to break it down in individual sections. Say so, right. but as a head coach and assistant head coach, you got defense, you got offense, you got special teams. But it don't stop there. Right. You got a recruiting area. You got a marketing area. <laughs> yep. You got a strength program. You got athletic training program. You got equipment program. So you got to look at each section. How does it fit in your extreme team package? So that's that's kind of.
0: <laughs> well, it's been it, it is again. It, <laughs> it's been an incredible experience for me to learn because what you said, you know, I had opportunity. We just hired a strength coach and, and coach climbing came to me and said, Hey, you're in charge of this hire. You're going to, you're going to be in charge of it from start to finish. And again, just vetting people and talking to different coaches and having an opportunity, like you said, to, to just listen to them talk. And, and really quickly in some cases we knew, I knew, Nope, this is not a fit. This is not, <laughs> this is not what we need. This guy's a great coach, yep. but he's not what we need at this moment.
1: Correct. And
0: then when we Correct. got down to the, to the finalists, we knew, man, this is amazing. We were so happy to be in this situation to have these two guys. And so now we need to figure out which one is the best fit. You know, for, for our mm-hmm. and we feel like we, we chose the best fit for us at this moment. You know, the right. best fit for our team, and so having the opportunity to do that for me was was, was really uh, eye opening and uh, a, quite a learning experience.
1: But but, but that that pro- I'm sorry. Cut no you no off, no. Go ahead. But, go ahead. But that process right there, I guarantee, change how you would build a coaching staff when you become a head coach. <laughs> you know what
0: and, and i laugh because because i had different ideas like you said about the way this should go down and then when 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 i was put in that situation then then i said no no we we have to look at this because of course you know a lot of coaches they hire who they know mm-hmm. so when you talk about coaches and when you even talk about today this the place we're in with hiring, where um, you know there's a lot of um, situations where people hire the people they know. They they go back to what they know. You have coaches retreading uh, because when in a in a moment of in a moment of confusion, in a moment of discomfort, what our natural thing to do is is to go what we're most comfortable with. Yep. you know, and to go what we know we don't we don't step out and 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 try something different. And so, you know, when you talk about the lack of diversity in hiring of head coaches, well well this is what I know, this is what I'm most comfortable with and I'm trying to replace my football coach. Yeah. I don't have time to be exploring. I'm in a moment of discomfort. And so it's a challenge that diversity that we're seeking is a big time challenge, like I said, mostly because people hire who they know. And, I, and I've said it continually on this podcast, we have to, in our sports world, in our uh, administrative world, we have to, in our world of administration, we have to challenge ourselves to understand that there is actually strength in diversity. No doubt. And there's power. When you see things from a broad spectrum, well, as we as we wrap up here, I got a, I got one more question that okay. I wanted to ask, and it's always been a cool question, you know, uh, to hear the responses of leaders. But when you look at your life, you look at your career. What do you think the future holds for you, and and where where is it that you want to take your career?
1: For me. I laugh because, you know, ultimately I want to be an AD. Mm-hmm. I want to I be the CEO, you know. And I think the lessons I've learned and I'm continuing to learn will, will and have prepared me to do that. Because I look at being in that position as the things that you can do for student-athletes. You know, it's – I think your day-to-day in the senior associate executive roles, you're touching them more. But I think when you move, as my, my be- best friend who's a basketball coach, say 12 inches to the left, uh-huh. <laughs> you you can touch their lives a lot more with some of the decisions you make. You know, so that's where I look at. Look for me, my next step. And again, I'm in a great place. I'm with a great leader. We have a great president here, as right. well, and, and Dr. Rodney Bennett, the AD, with Jeremy McLean. I'm in a great learning space. Right. And and so for me, I'm at a great place. But I know when the time comes. I can move those 12 inches to the left. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: and I, and I think you, you're gonna do a phenomenal
1: job.